Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Word Podcast. We're in Matthew chapter 27, and Jesus has just been uh, found to be guilty of blaspheming for the religious rulers. They tie him up, and they're going to haul him off to Pilate, the governor. Matthew 27, verse 1 says this, Now when morning came, all the chief priests and the elders of the people conferred together against Jesus to put him to death. Verse 2, And they bound him and led him away and delivered him to Pilate, the governor. So they tie him up and lead him away. They take him to Pilate. Now Matthew then gives an account of something that none of the other Gospels give an account of. And uh, remember, Matthew was writing to people who were believers, but he was writing to people who were believers that were from a Jewish background. And he was writing to uh, reveal to them that Jesus was the king that was expected, was the Messiah, the Yeshua HaMashiach, that the Jewish people had expected. Verse 3 of Matthew 27, Matthew says this, Then when Judas, who betrayed him, saw that he had been condemned, he felt remorse and returned the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, so let me stop right here, okay? What's happened here? Judas sees that Jesus has been condemned. Now, he's feeling remorse, and he comes, and he's going to return the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and the elders. <coughs> Excuse me. Verse 4 says this. This is Judas speaking. I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. But they said, what is that to us? See to it yourself. Oh, gosh. Does this not reveal so, so, so much? This also might give us a little insight into what Judas's private and personal motivation was. It still doesn't matter. He betrayed Jesus. A lot of people say that his motivation was he was trying to get to to push Jesus along into revealing who he was publicly and declaring who he was publicly of coming out and becoming the king of Israel at that time. And he thought by putting this type of pressure on him to do this, that that would bring forth what was needed for Jesus to say, oh, yeah, I'm the son of God. I'm here as the Messiah and declare that and take over his kingship. He couldn't have been more wrong. It says here he felt remorse remorse and boy there's big debate over this you know what does this mean you know and a lot of times our words don't mean <laughs> you know what uh the actual greek word means so um, let's go over to old brother zodiades uh, zodiades is a, a great greek resource and uh, i actually got to meet this guy once he had a uh, a business of ministry in chattanooga tennessee he died several years back maybe what 15 years ago but a little bit short Greek guy. And the reason he's so useful is that Greek is his primary language. It's what he grew up with. But he knows English, and he's just a genius at this stuff. And the word right here, remorse, is actually the Greek word, metamelomai, metamelomai. <laughs> 
And it means this. When it's referring a man feeling this way, it means little or nothing more than a selfish dread of the consequences of what one has done. It's a dread of what you've done, a realization that the consequences are going to be bad. This is going the wrong way. That's what he felt, remorse. He didn't feel another Greek word, metanoia, which is similar, but it's not the same word, which means regret and forsaking the evil, and forsaking the evil because your heart has been changed by God's Spirit. A lot of times people say, well, Judas felt remorse, so he was saved and he repented and he moved on with the Lord. No. He felt remorse, a fleshly type, purely personal, purely selfish, because he knew what was coming his way. He goes, he tells these folks, hey, I've sinned, I've betrayed somebody. Here, take your money back. Boy, what does this tell us about the religious rulers? And they can say, hey, what is that to us? We don't care. It doesn't matter to us. We just use you as a pawn. You know, you've already made your bed and you've got to sleep in it. That's what they said. See to it yourself. Judas threw the pieces of silver into the temple sanctuary and departed. And he went away and hanged himself. Judas hanged himself. Pretty gross, right? Yeah, I know people go, ah, yuck, yuck, yuck. Tell you what, Acts actually gives some insight in that. Acts 1 verse 18 says this. Now this man acquired a field with the price of his wickedness and falling headlong, he burst open in the middle and all his intestines gushed out and it became known to all who were living in Jerusalem. So in their own language that this field was called Hakadamai, that is the field of blood. So what is this about him acquiring it? Well, you're about to find out how he acquired it. When he threw that silver in there, they couldn't take it. Okay? The chief priests say this in verse 6. The chief priest took the pieces of silver and said, It's not lawful to put them into the temple treasury since it is the price of blood. The price of blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 7. 30 pieces of silver was also the price of a slave that you see in the Old Testament. And they conferred together. A lot of conferring going on here, right? And they conferred together. And with the money, they bought the potter's field as a burial place for strangers. For this reason, this field has been called the field of blood to this day. That's what Acts just said. So Judas literally bought this field by throwing the silver back to the religious powers that be. In a sense, he bought it. He bought it with his blood because he went out and hung himself. And you say, well, it says that his gut spilled and everything. Yeah, there's two or three things that could have happened. Could have hung himself, killed him, and then the rope broke and he fell down and his guts burst. He could have hung there for several, several days. And in the hot sun, I won't go any further than that. Okay? Verse 9 of Matthew 27 says this. Then that which was spoken through Jeremiah the prophet was fulfilled. Really? Get this. This comes out of Jeremiah. And Jeremiah, uh, when he was speaking, said this. And they took the 30 pieces of silver, the price of the one whose price has been set by the sons of Israel, and they gave them the potter's field as the Lord directed me. That's interesting, isn't it? It was prophesied uh, by the prophets. I'll put it that way. It's prophesied by the prophets. 
that this would happen. Would these religious rulers have known this? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The key leader, the chief priest, Sanhedrin, they didn't care. They didn't care. They were going to kill this guy. Uh, the other average everyday Joe priest, you know what? I think they're beginning to think, wait a minute, this guy has spoken of the kingdom of God. He's done amazing miracles. He's done everything that we would anticipate the Messiah coming, except for the fact of taking over and ruling and reigning right now. He hadn't done that. And when they see this kind of stuff right here happening, fulfilling the scripture, I think that's one of the major reasons that when Jesus rose from the dead and started appearing to people, that it said not a small number of the priests believe. In other words, a lot of them believed because they knew and saw the fulfillment of the word of God. Well, again, I'm Dale. Thank you so much for your time. I'll see you in the next episode.